Hi everyone, welcome to Escape from the Burnout Society podcast. I am Gabriela Guzman, I'm your host, and this is my first interview since a month because I really needed a break. But I'm today back with a great, great guest. His name is Miguel, who is an engineer with more than 25 years of professional experience in product design in the manufacturing field. As a large majority of professionals looking for growth within an organization, Miguel struggled for many years with stress, depression, and anxiety until a few years ago when Miguel, as he calls it, managed to make peace with his professional self. And these two words are with capitals. So, uh, Miguel, you are very welcome. Very Thank welcome. Thank you, Gabi. Thank you. Thank you for the invitation. For me, it's a pleasure to be with you and, and share with all your audience uh, experience and also the, the our, our life and, and professional experience regarding this important uh, topic about the burnout and stress and, and how to cope uh, from my side with that. Great. Great. Well, I always want to add uh, to this introduction that I actually met you because of your great podcast which has the same, well, the name of uh, the burnout hero. And uh, well, and when I listened to the first time, I only could smile and laugh because, well, you use a lot of humor and also because I could recognize so well myself in so many experiences you also had. And, uh, and I thought, oh, I have to interview this guy. <laughs> so I'm very happy you agreed and here we are. So uh, here we are. And uh, well, uh, Miguel, I will have my first question. And of course, well, I think uh, it, had to do, it has to do with your um, um, idea of making a podcast. And uh, at, at what time did you decide to, to begin with a podcast about burnout and the work environment and, well, this professional uh, issues we have? had both of us sure Gabby thank you uh, it all starts like uh, a couple of years ago I mean as, as mentioned I, I have uh, have been a struggle for several years uh, with the stress and uh, it, it's actually kind of funny how burnout here the, the name comes out because it was like uh, a vision that I had uh, I, I could call it that way because I believe that we, everyone, are burnout heroes because even though we feel the burnout, we sometimes we, we cannot accept it. It's like uh, we try to isolate ourselves and, and avoid people thinking that we're suffering from some kind of burnout. And we continue working and putting our smile on our face and putting our decay like a hero. And that's when, in some of the episodes that I have of uh, really burnout, I at the end of the day I was kind of laughing, seeing myself like the guy burnout, but putting the cape of a hero and telling my crew, "Oh, the, you need to 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 be positive and don't let the things get you down." And but I, I wasn't believing myself, so that that was like a couple of years ago or more. And that's why I decided to start sharing my experience with, uh, uh, because in my close uh, social uh, 
relationships with friends or other ex-colleagues from the corporation I had worked for. Uh, it was like uh, people looked for me to ask uh, for uh, some advice about how they cope or how they handle difficult situations. And it seems that uh, things that I recommend work for them. So I say, why don't share this with uh, more people through, through social media? And that's where uh, the Burnout Hero movement uh, started off. I started off first on, on, on social media, and then I realized that uh, nowadays, uh, sometimes we don't like to read too much. So I started making a blog, but sometimes I mean, a blog, you need to really engage people in order for them to, to read all your ideas and all what you uh, put over there. And that's why I decided that making a podcast and sometimes for, for some people it's easier to listen to something while they're driving. I do it myself. I mean, to be honest, uh, sometimes I go into some blogs and when I see they're really long, I don't, unless they really catch me, I don't read them. So, but I, I do listen to a lot of podcasts. So that's why I decided to, besides of what I post in social media, to start with the, with the podcast. Great idea, great idea. Otherwise, I may, might not have met you. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, that's it. Hey, uh, uh, tell me something. Um, um, why do you think, or do you think that many people just deny that they have a burnout? Uh, why do you think it's like this? On, on, what do you think about denying burnout? Um, what could I say? First, I'm going to talk about men's uh, because, for uh, at least on the, the way we were raised, uh, it's we sometimes farms uh, show us that we as men we need to, to hide our, our feelings. I mean, uh, I don't know if you, you have to kill the same, but in our society, Mexican society is like, uh, if you're a man, you're a young boy, you're not allowed to cry. And they tell you, hey, you're, you're, you can cry, you're a man, you're, you're not a girl. So we, we are raised on that kind of uh, environment where you're not allowed to express your feeling because it, it puts you in a position of weakness. Uh, so I think that's where the, the issue starts. And then, the competition in in the professional market uh, sometimes is, is like that. You you can show that you are uh, depressed. You can show because it, you you've been stigmatized on that. If you show that you can handle with the problems, because I mean we tend to to believe that a real professional, a real corporate warrior, it, it can recover now, which is totally false. So I believe that that's the reason, and that was in my case why I denied for so many years, because you don't want to be the the weak guy crying like a baby. Yeah, but you remind me something. You're talking about men, but I can tell you, a friend of mine was working also in Mexico, by the way, their big company, which name we're not going to tell, but it was a big company, and she said when they had a crisis where uh, you know someone was really having a very very big issue the the way to to manage the stress was going to the toilet close it and cry in the toilet <laughs> and then go back <laughs> 
to work. <laughs> it was it's no, a great place to go. It's a great place to go. No psychologist, no stress management. It was just go and cry and come back. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's true. Yeah. So uh, yeah. yeah. And in the case, uh, in the case of, uh, I was talking about men, but on the professional side, it's, it's uh, both. It's even it's something that related to to women. It's because women are really struggling with the competition of half their their place on a corporation so they sometimes follow because they're competing against having a place in the in the corporation against men so they need to follow the same rules sometimes of not showing uh, that they they are weak in in that case and because they uh, sometimes they they call or they tend to put like like a weakness that you have and especially for in the way I have experienced, if you go to a therapist or a psychology to talk about your problems, they they tend to think you're crazy, which is really not. You're just seeking for advice and guidance. I mean, it's like a coach, actually. If you say, I'm going to a psychologist, they say, okay, this guy is or, or this girl is crazy. That's why she's going. <laughs> and and by uh, you, you told me well some colleagues of yours uh, came from council with you you know for advice and uh, what are the differences between men and women can have you noticed something that is more like you could generalize um, I couldn't tell I mean, there, there's not so much specific difference I think on the working environment and personal life we we all look for the same, I could put it that way. We all look for recognition and transcendence. That's everyone in the world, we're looking for that. And that's what we look on the, on the working environment. So it, it's um, like the same problems, always trying to, uh, to be recognized for your work or having a boss that actually uh, take the light out of you. I'm explaining correctly that you make something great uh, and, and add to the company and your boss doesn't put you in the picture. So that's uh, most of the things that I have been managed uh, with. Uh, if I could say a difference between women and men is a woman's struggle uh, more because uh, men tend to make them less. I mean, there, there's a lot of, uh, I don't know how to say it in English, machismo or Matches in, yeah, in, yeah, yeah. In in companies that uh, uh, they think or tend to think that women are not capable to, to get a higher position or achieving great results, which at this point in time to me is ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. I think many women still cope with this problem. Of course, I've heard many stories, uh, some in Mexico, uh, but also some in Holland as well. Or you might think uh, Holland is a more maybe developed country in some ways, but I think still women have to cope with a lot of uh, uh, prejudgments. And uh, yeah, it's, it's not the same. Oh, it's, it's the same everywhere in the world. I mean, I, I have a chance to work in Canada and I was so... Uh, um, so happy that I went there to work. And that's something that I, I talk in one of my uh, podcasts. 
but it's actually you're gonna find exactly the same. I mean, there's uh, some difference because of the working policies in different countries. But we are uh, human beings everywhere in the world. We're looking looking for the same. It's only the matter that we still haven't understand that the way in order to really win something, nobody should lose. And, and that's that's something that we really need to understand as society in order to, to to make things better in the workplace and, and actually on the personal side. But it's, yeah. it's the same everywhere. I mean, based on my experiences, there's no difference between countries. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. I think sometimes you, you might find a bigger uh, difference between companies, actually. With some companies, they have this uh, idea of, creating a better work environment and really putting some effort in it and some money. And some companies that might say they do, but they just don't. And, um, and then you, you see a difference um, wherever you go and work there, of course. But you are telling me about the <clears throat> that everybody wants about the same. But what do you think about um, peers' approval? colleagues approval what do you think about why do you need we need so much about our colleagues <laughs> that that's a disease that we need to eradicate i mean for 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 so many years in my case i had i struggled with that and i'm i'm gonna be really open here sometimes still on, on this moment and that's something natural i mean uh when we start as like as a kid we we start looking for approval with our siblings I mean, we, we start looking for either mom's or dad's uh, approval or, or attention, uh, competing with our siblings, or brothers or sisters, and in that sense, and that comes or goes in the school, you start competing with someone, and then in the professional side, it's the same. I mean, I think as a society, we need to to change that and really take a look into that, because otherwise, if you can handle really well you end up seeking a lot of approval and that really diminishes your your happiness your sense of well-being because your star you don't value yourself or you look the value of yourself through the approval or either your boss your your peers and i do understand that uh, i'll say you need to sometimes or uh, most of the times play politics in, in your work environment. You need to have a good or a great relationship with the people you work with. But looking for approval is something that really gets you burned out. Uh, because all the work you do, you um, uh, pass it through these filters of the other, other people and, and really that, that's something that we should avoid. It's not easy. And, and, that's for sure, but you try to first value yourself and then, because if, if you don't value yourself, uh, you're, you're not going to be able to get value from the other people. And you're going to continue looking for approval from everybody else. Yeah, but well, it's difficult to say, of course. Um, well, it, it, I think in my case, if I was concerned about what they're thinking about me, it was more because that could have uh, any uh, influence on my salary, for example, or, you know, the kind of projects I was going to get. And um, not so much because I really needed the approval, but because 
it was just if I didn't have the approval, then my boss would just might think about uh, change his or her mind. Um, but tell me, I mean, I think it's important. You talk about your professional self, and that's something I really liked very much about your podcast. Um, because you make a kind of dissociation about you as person and your professional self. And this is very interesting. This is very interesting because I think that might be the key for so many people who take everything very personal at work. You know? Yeah, that definitely. And it shouldn't be that way, uh, that we have a personal self and a professional self, but, but it is, it is that, that way right now. And I believe as a society, we're uh, walking, working towards uh, make not so much separation, but I mean, in my case, and I believe it's in case of um, many people, sometimes you don't behave the same when you're at home that when you're at work. I mean, you, you won't be going to the work in, in, in short and slippers and, and t-shirts. Uh, sometimes you go in a in a suit. Uh, it all depends of the of the type of work you do. But really, the the issue here with that is you sometimes tend to play a role in your work, which is really different of the kind of person you are. And that also is something that gets a lot of threat stress in your person trying to be someone else. Uh, in the work, which sometimes it's even worse when you are not aligned. But well, that uh, professional, professional self is not aligned to your values. So it's like being acting. So what in my case, uh, I try to put it that way, talking about the professional self, is something that I found that can re be really helpful. And I call it, I've, I'm not sure what I hear it or uh, based on something something that i read but i think is it's something really uh, nice put it which is uh, whenever you are working remember that you should play hamlet but not not be hamlet and the, the way i express that the way i learn it is something that i have been trying to implement in, in my life which is i mean you have you have a professional role in a company and that should be Put you like an actor. I mean, you are, uh, you were an actor, and you were trying to get Hamlet uh, role in a, in a play. That should be for you as an actor something that will really make you feel excited, emotion, and something that you should be really looking forward. Because playing Hamlet requires a lot of. Um, uh, uh, profound skill, acting skills on that way. And that's, uh, I relate that to professional skills. I mean, you're a person with professional skills that you go and sell those skills to the company you're working for. So imagine yourself like if you're an actor. So you're an actor going to a company and play a role inside a company. But the problem arises when the, you start actually believing that you are that, that person. Uh, because in the case of Hamlet, put in, that, put in that way, it's it just imagine that you're the actor, you go to the first scene and everybody one is clapping and you start getting inside the, the wall 
and, and playing Hamlet and everybody, you, you get them, you make them cry, you make them laugh, you get, you get them to stay in a, in a sense of suspense and everything. And, and the curtain rolls over and end up the first scene and you go with your uh, colleague actors and everybody is, is excited. Then you go to the second scene, in some point in time, you start actually believing that you're Hamlet. And that's when the problem starts, because if, if you have, to, uh, you know about Hamlet's story, everything ends up on tragedy, uh, tears, and killing people. So that's what happens to us. Sometimes we, we lose our sense of ourselves. I mean, I can tell you that in my professional life, I, I lose my identity. Uh, I lose uh, most of my social life because I was, uh, I would say, I was a workaholic. Uh, and that's when you really identify with the role you're playing. It's, it's not saying that you need to be a fake person. It's just to be aware that you're playing a role, you need to be professional. But sometimes you need to listen to what your peers or your boss or what other people tell about you. You need to get their advice. So you need to filter to and take whatever you need from there to be a better person, but not really believe what other people tell you because we sometimes tend to live based on what other people tell you. And that happens where we stop getting applauses. We start feeling depressed because you start feeling, oh, there, there's something happened. So I'm not making a good word. Uh, that's something. Are they going to fire me? I'm, I'm, I'm going to get the race or not. And you get a lot of stress regarding that uh, type of, uh, of mindset. So my best recommendation is uh, play handled but don't be handled. I loved I love this metaphor. I, I heard about it. I felt like, oh, this, this is I'm going to, re to remember for always um, because well, I, I, mean, I think uh, well, I can tell you it's true I mean when I was uh, the deepest point of my own burnout I uh, I just asked myself well uh, who was I before my work I really spent some months thinking about of course I know what I like and I dislike but it was not the same I was like a big chunk of myself was gone when I I well kind of uh, was at home without work because I was sick and then I thought like well what do I do without this time well of course I have to rest and I have to get well but I have to read books but what about I mean why <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean at this moment I know like 10 books I want to read but at that moment I was I have a blank in my mind I feel like where should I start? I mean, what do I do if I don't go to work? It's really yeah. strange. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and it happens yeah, with it, people. Huh? Yeah, and it's something that I should say in my, my experience. We tend to avoid or deny that phase. And in my case, uh, whenever I, I have a, a depression or, or I feel a really high burnout episode, uh, I try to fool myself, saying that it's not real, or try to go out and have a drink with friends, go out and have a movie. But you, that's so, that's just going out from from the problem and not and not take the problem really see to the face. And, and what I can 
tell you about my experience and what I would recommend is it's take your depression and embrace it. That's what I did. I take my depression and say, uh, okay, let's talk to you and me about what we are doing here. You know, I'm not going to avoid it anymore. Or you want me to be depressed? Okay, I want to be as much depressed as I have ever been in my entire life. Okay, let's go. Let's go to the black hole. And then I get to the bottom and I have the shovel and I start digging and say, okay, I'm, I want to get to the lowest point in my life of depression. So when I, when I hit rock bottom, I knew that the only way it follows is going up. There's no, there's no way I could go down. So that's, for so many years I had a struggle with that until I take the decision not to avoid depression, but instead see into the face, give a big hug to my depression. And then when you look into the, to the eyes, to put it in some ways of the depression, it just really disappears. And it stays there, but you don't care anymore. Because you see, there's no sense being there. Because it won't get you anywhere. So you, you, you mean you actually accepted that that was, that was key. You accepted your depression. Yeah. yeah. I accepted, but I, I, want, I make a list of all the horrible things I was having in my life for this day. So when I read it and I accepted and I see where I was going, I realized that some, some of them, they only exist on my mind. They weren't true. So I accepted and I said, and actually make the list because I want to see what I need to work for. And when I see all the things I say, I mean, I'm just fooling myself. This some things I, it never happened. It's things that I am afraid that they happen. They, but they, the, the possibility of those things to happen, it was 0.00%. So, and that's when, when I say, okay, I feel I got to the rock bottom. So what I, what I do from here? And the only thing you can see is look up. And then you start going up from the hole. So you have this black bucket list. <laughs> yeah, I made my black bucket list. A black bucket list. All right. <laughs> can you tell an example of one of those things you felt like, oh, this is going to happen. It's going to be the end of the world. Can say some of them were related to let's say promotions that I want to get, but I, I, I was struggling whether going through this path or the other path, and and every single path that I laid down on on my professional role, it has not a nice ending. I start seeing okay, this is a good path. Maybe from this path I'm gonna get it. But then I start looking for all the bad things that can happen on that path. And then the, the path in the middle was the same, having some good things, some bad things. And it all was mostly related to growth in the professional sense. And, and, and that's not something that is bad. I mean, we all want to grow in, in professional self and in our companies. But sometimes we suffer so much because of not getting it that uh, being so, how can I say, so stubborn maybe, is the, or so persistent, but at the same way, trying to be so inflexible on your strategy, is that what actually gets away the, the opportunity. You are pushing away the opportunity because you 
am oftentimes in, in the states of uh, it's either my way or the highway. So you, you don't, and sometimes we confuse that with persistency, which is not being persistency, it's being stubborn from that sense. So I, I believe that's, that's one of the, of the key principles. Sometimes was getting fired um, because of when you feel depressed, you get, you have this sense of get fired and then you start thinking what I'm going to do. Uh, in my case, I'm, I'm over 40 years, so I'm not going to get another work, and et cetera, et cetera. And I mean, it, it, you get all high work. Of course, there's always something to be worried about, isn't it? Always. Yeah, always. And, and, for, uh, and for good, based on my experience, most of those things that you're worried about, they never happen. Like I've been having 25 years working already in different companies and believe me, there's just a few things that, have, that I fear about that, that uh, it actually happened. But most of the things that I worry about, they, they never happen. And, and when you are out of the company, you, you start laughing about where you think it's going to be happening happen in, in that case. And what I can say about that is uh, you need to be aware that everyone, every situation, and every person that comes into your life has something to show you. And sometimes it's something that you should look to replicate, sometimes it's something that you shouldn't do. But we tend to avoid uh, uh, persons that we don't like. And that's something that we, I do not recommend. I mean, I really strongly recommend that you should look for those complicated people that you normally avoid to deal with in the work environment because those are the ones that are really going to show you who you are. Yeah, yeah, that, that's, uh, <clears throat> you also have uh, in your social media, which I really recommend, uh, you have some uh, examples of this. You have very nice icons and kind of cartoons which are very creative and, and, and you depict this, this idea. Um, but I, I agree completely with you about the difficult people because people who says yes and agrees with you, well, they're nice because they don't give you any resistance. But you don't learn anything about them and they don't teach you anything. Until you get someone who says no and it's really difficult to get along with. And then you really have to think about how are you going to deal with this person? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I have some in my working career to some of my uh, bosses. I al uh, always ask for a, a training course about uh, managing skills. There are some uh, uh, courses in, in Mexico and I believe around the world about managing or how to be a manager or skills to be a manager. And uh, at the, uh, through, throughout the years, I, uh, I dropped that, that idea or that request because I say, you know what, I learn more from difficult people than what I call difficult people because uh, I mean, sometimes they, you need to, to also hear what, how they see you, the people that you call difficult. Because we tend always to, to, put in a box that those people that think out of the box or think different than you. 
And that's when the problem starts because you're trying to avoid that people and go to talk to them or having a, a project with them because they don't think like you. And that's when I changed because, and, and now some of my colleagues say that, that I'm a, uh, I'd say masochist because I try, I try, I always look forward to work with what is so-called difficult people because that's the, the persons that really make me grow, that really show me something, that really make me reinvent myself. But when you see that as a learning process, uh, you, you take out the stress out of it because you are going to learn. It's, I always put it like if, if you like video games, and you're playing a video game, I mean, you're not gonna drop the, the joystick because you can't pass a, a level of the video game. I mean, you play it and play it and play it until you pass. And you don't get the stress. I mean, you get excited to be able to defeat the monster of the, of the other competitor, even when you're playing online, you do it your way. We should apply that in the work environment. I mean, if the, if the video game is really easy, you get bored about that. So why we don't see the things of, on difficult people as a challenge for us to learn from them and to really grow ourselves regarding that? that that's the way I see it. And I think that, that I really recommend that everyone we should look for that gift that the, the difficult people is going to show you. So you, you have also the Dungeons and Dragons uh, effect at work. <laughs> the levels you know <laughs> of course <Correct. laughs> yeah that's a good idea of course i never saw it that way but it's also a way of looking at it and um but tell me something uh about uh which is also very important i mean what i also think it's very important when going to your work and realizing that the person who's there is just a, a tiny part of who you are um Talk, let's talk about um, priorities in life. So your, your primary priorities, your secondary priorities, I mean, sometimes they get mixed up. And so you go to work and you think the primary are the secondary, the secondary are the primary, and you get mixed up. What do you think about this? Uh, first of all, I, I will say that that idea of uh, balance 50% in the work, 50% uh, personal life and professional life, it's, it's something yeah, that you will never achieve. I stop looking for that 50-50 uh, balance. The way I see it and the way I experimented, it's uh, you go in a sense of, sometimes there's project in the work that is gonna take, uh, need 80% of your time. And you are you need to be aware. And if you are married or have a family, talk to them and let them know that it's going to be this time in this project you're going to invest eighty percent of your time, and twenty percent is going to be your personal life. And just accept it because you're, you if you keep on trying to look for fifty-fifty balance, that's something that I have never achieved in twenty-five years of professional life, and and and, and that gets you stressed. Because if you don't talk with uh, families, friends, etc., I mean, you're getting the pressure from the work and getting the pressure from from your family, and that's just give you pressure, and, and you don't get anywhere. You don't you don't have uh, any help from from any side. So 
be aware that in the life there's not going to be 50 50. Uh, now, being aware of that, is you need to understand, as I talk about the professional self and the personal self, you, you want to look for uh, having that professional, personal self closing the gap. I mean, it's, it's good that you play humble and not be humble, but try not to be a total different person in your personal life. I mean, your personal life needs to be aligned, especially in your values, need to be aligned to your professional, professional life. And going from that, that same path, it's, you need to be aware that the work, it is an important part of, uh, of your life. I mean, sometimes uh, I hear people that say that that's not important and, and the important thing is your life, and et cetera. I mean, the work is part of your life. You can't you can deny that. So you need to be aware that work is a part of your life. But work is more a mean to your, uh, to, to your primary goal. Work for me is a secondary goal that being okay in a, in a work environment give you some professional stability, some economic stability that we need it. I mean, we live in a, in a capital, capitalistic um, world. So you need to work to be, to be, to have income and also to give something back to the society in the way of uh, the professional person that you are. But you need to look for what is that, what, that something that really makes you happy. If it's in the work, okay, you, you can find it over there. If it's some hobby that you have, uh, side ways of the, of the work, you need to understand that work is something that gives you stability to you, to your family, to go through the, through the needs that you, material needs that you have in the life. And that's not something uh, that is not meaningful. It is really meaningful to have uh, economic stability because that gives you also some peace of mind. Uh, but the, the primary goal is to feel good with yourself. And that's different. The, the success of a person is really different uh, in, in every person. So you need to find what's, uh, what's really makes you happy and really take that as a goal if that primary goal can make you um, can end up in a service that you can monetize, that's even greater because you're going to be working or you're going to be having your hobby and your hobby is going to give you money. And that's, that, that's the life that everybody wants. But if you don't achieve that way, I mean, don't try to, to put work in as at some place that you hate. Because that's something that we make. I mean, sometimes uh, we spend uh, many times in jobs that we hate, uh, staying work or being eight hours over there, uh, which really affects your mind. And that's something that you should you should really avoid. And but also you need to look because in my case. I started, uh, I mean, I worked in seven different companies and I started just jumping from one company to another company, another company, because I, I didn't find the, the appropriate company for me. And I realized when I entered the company that I'm, that I'm actually working right now, uh, in the first years, a uh, couple of years, I start again looking for work. But when I check my resume, I said, geez, I mean, I, I don't even hire myself if I, if that was someone else's resume because I, I start checking my 
all the works I was working for. And I realized that you, you need also to be aware, to stop uh, um, running away from problems or from words. You, until you change who you are and the way you perceive the things, you're just going to work in, a, in the same company, but the company is going to have a different name. And you, you shouldn't really uh, try to look for the perfect company. You should ask uh, what, what I'm doing to make this place a perfect place where I'm, I want to work. Instead of trying to look for that company is going to be perfect, is going to make your life easier. So that, that's the way I see uh, primary goals and secondary goals for me. Work is a secondary work, or secondary goals, excuse me, that is going to help me to really achieve or develop what I really be, be my passion, what I am in life. And um, well, tell me, I mean, um, I think what you're saying about uh, also the the um, uh, the fifty-fifty uh, division of work and at home, which is so difficult to find many times. Um, but I also think for some women, it's almost impossible. I mean, I, I just find out myself <laughs> that, uh, I mean, I have some uh, husband who is very, very, very supporting and who doesn't have a very demanding job because otherwise it would just have been impossible to do what I was doing, working 50 hours a week or even 60 hours a week with a, with a little child. I mean, then you need a lot of support at home you know, you, if you have a wife that's working like 60 hours, then who's taking care of the children? <laughs> you <Right>. tell me. <laughs> who's cooking? Who's having a dinner? Who's, you know, who's making breakfast? Who's taking to school? And all those things that have to be arranged about around home. So that way, I think, uh, I, I don't know about your personal life, but do, do you have, a lot of support at home that you can also say like well this week is 80 80 20 and you're 20 and the work is 80. yeah i for how i put it i try to where i work myself to do that but that's something related of uh, when you have a, a wife and kids that's something that you really should talk openly in, in your relationship in order to be able, to, in my case, I have a wife and a, and a daughter. And my wife have, uh, used to have the same level of responsibilities as I do. And she used to travel a lot. And when my, when my girl, my, my daughter um, born, uh, in a couple of years, I mean, we started having those kind of issues with taking care of the child. And you don't want to have a child you put them in a daycare for the whole day and, and they're raising your child, your child for you, especially because I do believe that childs are raised. The, the first seven or eight years of the life of a child is where you can really form them. After that age, it's going to be really difficult to really, if you don't set the basis for your child, it's going to be really difficult to do it afterwards. So uh, we discussed with my wife that um, I should continue working and she quit uh, her job. So that's the way we manage. And that get me to some other point, which is um, money, income. I mean, we used to have almost the same level of income and 
getting for that income to 50% in income is a, it's a real challenge. But I mean, you, you get to some point when you, I say, uh, using as a base the, the Maslow pyramid, it's, I know you, you need to have basic um, support, housing, food, and, and clothes. And there, there's a point in life, and believe me, and that's something when I say it, there's a lot of uh, uh, colleagues and people that say, ah, come on, that's wishful thinking. But really, when it comes a point when you get to some income that whatever you get from there and above, it's only serve you to buy more expensive, expensive toys. They don't give you happiness. I mean, the, and you don't need them actually. So you need to find, and if, if you can manage and, and earn a lot of money and you're unhappy with that, I mean, money gives you, of course, a lot of uh, comfort. Give you safety in in some some cases, and yeah, and give you some time of of excitement, getting a new car, a new toy, and a nice vacation and a luxurious hotel. But it sometimes you get to that point when you realize it won't, uh, it's, it's not making making you more happy. It's not adding to your professional or personal self. Just making more money. And we tend going through that uh, to that point. So what I'm trying to say here is you need to really see which are your primary goals, because for me also making more money than what you actually need is a secondary goal. You shouldn't, if if you can't do it, if you want to do it, just be aware of your you're doing it. Because sometimes making more more money uh, it's at the expense of uh, personal time. So you need to be, be aware of that and, and also having that conversion. For, for us, on the first, um, I've said the first year when my wife uh, stopped working, we need to adjust a lot of uh, expenses and take out what we don't need. And you end up knowing that that's something not really part of your life. You don't need, there's nights to happen, of course. It's, it's really nice to be in a, in a five-star hotel than in a three-star way, but I mean, we are really malleable human beings and we can get used to everything except not eating. Exactly, not eating and not sleeping. Those are the most important yeah. things. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I can confess that the, there was a time many years ago where we, we didn't have children and we both had a good job. Just let's say that like that. And I mean, we had so much money for the both of us that we didn't know what to do actually. It was like, well, we're going, we're going to Barcelona. Then we're going, oh, let's go to Mexico. Oh, let's go to Barcelona again. And, <laughs> you know, was, and yeah, suddenly someone loses the job and then somebody else gets pregnant. <laughs> and then it's upside down then you don't have money at all <laughs> yeah. so yeah it's it's quite interesting to to see that you have, you still manage i mean you can still very very happy with a little money and actually sometimes you have so much money you don't know how to do with your money you just invent as you say uh expensive trips or ex expensive toys i mean that's true yeah. that's true yeah, and you, you end up, and, and I'm going to confess that, I mean, of course, I'm going to 
the way I said, um, having uh, uh, income that actually gives you the, the calm or the peace of mind of having uh, whatever you need and having some um, uh, nice experiences, it's okay. You, I'm not saying you shouldn't look for that. That's something you just need to be aware of. And But my point is that what I really enjoy I mean, what gives me a lot of peace of mind, especially in this time of, of, of quarantine because of COVID, is walking on the park. And it's free. And I mean, I really, really enjoy it. I really enjoy running as well. And that's something that I don't need money for doing that. And, and that's, that's the thing we, we shouldn't lose uh, out of us outside. But sometimes it's really difficult because of the way we live. Yeah, not having time to do the things uh, sometimes that are really for free yeah. and you don't have the time to do them. Yeah, for sure. For sure. It's it's great time to go running. <laughs> yeah. It's great time and it's for free. Yeah. Um, let me ask you, uh, Miguel, about, um, well, let's think about a, a really an all a very important moment where you're telling me you had this depression and you embraced it and then... Um, did you have another moment that you say you think well this was kind of failure or a moment you had to learn from? Is there something else you you learned very uh, a lot from your professional life, personal life? Um, what can I share with you? And I could say that. Uh, in their early, in the beginning of my professional life, sorry, I, I was like everyone else. I'm like a corporate warrior, always looking to climb the corporate ladder. And uh, I was a guy who was, uh, whomever could, it was in the middle of myself and the goal I want to achieve, I tend to turn them into an, an, an enemy. So I always uh, fight with them. I, all, I, I remember one time where I spent like uh, several years ago, like the whole day fighting through email with uh, some colleague. And, uh, and at the end of the day, the general manager of the company just sent us an email to both of us saying that, uh, have you noticed that you, uh, at what time, uh, he said, at what time do you guys work? Have you noticed that you spend the whole day just fighting each other? And I realized that because, I mean, you, you start, you put the, the goal in your mind and you are, because of, of this way of being, of being so successful, trying to be successful of, of whatever we think is success. And you make the point of your goal something that is inflexible. And, and that's something that actually made me learn through my life because uh, I, whenever I, I have something in my mind, or I used to have some, I used to behave that way. Whenever I have a goal in my mind, I need to achieve it no matter what. And that no matter what thing me to, to have really bad relationships with, uh, with my peers or my colleagues in the company. So that's something that I really struggled to accept because trying and uh, as i say going 
in, in one of the po podcasts I explained in a, in a greater content is when you go up to a meeting where there's an issue happening in the company, uh, normally what happens, and that's something I have uh, lived uh, through many companies I have worked for, is you get to a meeting, but uh, the meeting starts, or previous to the meeting, there was the what I call it the Armageddon email that someone sends and put everybody upside down because uh, of the importance. Either you're going to lose a customer because of something that someone didn't do well. So when you start a conversation or a meeting with that, sending an email like that, what the departments make is they start making a whole defensive strategy. So when you get to the meeting, what you are doing is actually just you're, you're prepared to fight. And that's the way sometimes, unfortunately, we behave some the meeting. So the meeting starts and everybody is defending themselves to, to make sure that it is not my fault. So you end up the meeting not having a solution. You have only one yield person that has actually the one who didn't prepare <laughs> well enough to defend himself or herself. And that's something that I say that it's really, uh, I have to say, it's, it's nonsense to be that way. But that, unfortunately, the way we behave um, sometimes it means, and you can say that that's irrational, and that's true. But but really, you don't look or what I invite to to the audience that uh, hear me out. It's whenever you go to a meeting, try to if you are the the organizer of the meeting, try to have a meeting which uh, the the way you establish is that nobody should uh, or everybody should win. Nobody should lose in a, in a meeting. Being a really professionalist to try to find a way where whenever you are having uh, a meeting, nobody should lose. And that's a real art of uh, work. That's the way you should lose. Yeah, <laughs> at the meetings, yeah, of course. And uh, I've been in some meetings that I had a completely other plan from what happened at the end. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. You, you, you end up talking about something really different other meeting and you're you're starting in Mexico and you end up talking about China. Yeah, yeah, very often, very often. So uh, some that's why people say many times we just have too many meetings sometimes. <laughs> too many meetings. Um, and tell me, uh, Miguel, what you were saying about running, what, what other kind of uh, habits you have to keep yourself fit and again, and what do you do against um, stress? Uh, I do, uh, I mentioned the, the most uh, important in, in the way I see it, the first is uh, eating well. That's something that uh, is like fuel to your car. I mean, the way you eat is the way you're going to feel. And I believe that's one of the most important things that you should uh, take care about is, is the way you feed uh, yourself. Uh, the second one, of course, uh, exercise. And having exercise, not, uh, I mean, I'm not that professional athlete, but I try to do exercise uh, often because that is something that really helps you to cope with the stress. Uh, and, but the way you should see it, or, or at least the way I see it, is uh, you should 
you should make some exercise in order to feel well instead of uh, look well. Because uh, I had fine, or, and I did it myself. And I'm going to confess that, that at the beginning I was doing exercise in order to look well, to, to be look, look fit. But I was, I didn't like what I do. When I start, I started running, I hated. I don't like to run, but I mean, it was something that I was like uh, in a fashion mode. So I said, okay, I should run now. But I hated every time I went, I went to run, I hated until I drop it and they are still walking. And I, I really enjoy walking and making like, like hiking. And then I start running again and then I start to like it because of the way it makes me feel. But I dropped the, the looking well part. But I, and I, at the end, it's an it's end result of making exercise. You look well. I mean, you, you look fresh. You look, you look slim. And it improves your health. And that also improves the way you think, the way you behave. And the third thing is I uh, meditate almost uh, every day in the morning. That's something I, I really do. And also, that's, there's something that I, I want to share with, with the audience uh, about meditation, which is at the beginning, I started doing that kind of meditation of putting my mind in blank and not think about anything. And just that, that's impossible. So if you're start meditating, don't try to do blanking meditation, that thing of not putting your mind in blank because that's not gonna work. I mean, if you live in a monastery, maybe you can do that. But living in the real world, there's no way you can meditate, put your mind in black. So what I start doing, and after I try black, if I know, uh, let's say, uh, mindless meditation without any thought in the mind, I drop it and I start, I start doing guided meditation. So I believe that's the best way someone who wants to do meditation to start. So start with some guided meditation. There's a lot of... Uh, uh, free meditations in the in the web or so many applications that don't cost uh, a lot of money so that I could say that's that's the three things that uh, I do and the four things is uh, look for a hobby something that you can give to the to to the society that it doesn't matter if it, it don't give you a retribution the burnout hero movement and all what i post in, in social media i did it because i like to i like to share my experience that I, I would really love that someone could learn from what i have struggled with and and could get some part of, of my experience and they don't need to go through the experience that i went some of them i mean i love my experience because they make me what i am but I, there are some of the experiences that if I can erase them, I, I won't mind. So that's something that I, that I really like. And, and that having something that you give to, to, to others, whether it gives you an economical retribution or not, that's really something that I should recommend that everyone should do. Either being a mentor, being a volunteer in some, somewhere else, or talk about some uh, uh, normal problem like the burnout as, as you and me are doing. You told me uh, once that you were counseling people even for free. 
are doing that because of, uh, and I did it with friends or, and, and colleagues on the, on the places that I used to work for. And uh, they, they start recommending me with uh, another person and they come to me and they ask for advice and the advices I give to them seems to be working. And I did it just for the pleasure of giving advices. Then it happens that I, I start, um, uh, I take an MBA after I finish my, my degree. And at the end of the MBA, I knew um, the, the, the coordinator of the entrepreneurship uh, uh, league of the university. And they invited me to talk about leadership. So I give a, a couple of conference to like 300 people of all the students talking about leadership. And then I make, uh, I start giving conference to some of the companies from uh, my friends that they work because I invite them to the conference and they like what I share because they were, uh, everything that I share, it's from my personal experience. And I think that's, that's, the difference between what I see, because I took so many uh, leadership courses, but some of them, I feel them like uh, I was uh, hearing someone reading a textbook and I, I don't feel it uh, like, like they were real. I mean, they, they give you so many good uh, recommendations, but I don't know if you have experienced yourself. You can sometimes you can tell when someone is just giving you some information that they read in in a book or they take a seminar but they haven't lived it. So whatever whatever I share in social media and and through those uh, courses, we're sharing also my experience and I just uh, phrase it in some recommendation or or um, techniques, what I call it. And that's the way I did it. So I continue giving advices. And at the time in personal, um, personal counseling, put it that, I want to call it that way, I have never charged because I love it. I love to do it. Training courses that I give some, to some companies, they say I, they, they wanted to pay me so I can refuse it. Yes, you can refuse it. Well, I, I, I agree. I mean, I, I do a kind of volunteer work every Tuesday night and I give training, running training. And uh, yeah, of course, I get a little bit paid, but it's, uh, it's symbolic. It doesn't represent all the work I, I, I do for them. Um, but it's something I like a lot. And, and it's, I don't know if it's because I like it so much, but it's also the people that are around are really very nice. So I, it's already almost 10 years that I'm giving this kind of volunteer work. I had never had this idea, oh, I have to go and give training again. Even if it's windy, raining or whatever kind of weather, because it's outside, I don't care. And I cannot say anything about, I mean, there's no job I have been for 10 years. <laughs> and I get paid, you know. <laughs> I made it out of living, so it's uh, giving a kind of volunteer work can be very, very um, good for you, and uh, you also learn a lot. And um, so, well, again, I am. Um, 
I don't know if you want to add something to our interview because you talked about so many interesting about the, the, the sphere, the colleagues and priorities and the difference between men and women. But is there something else you also want to tell us about uh, your experience that you want to, to wrap up our conversation? Sure, uh, I will add something uh, additional to the, the no charging counseling because that, that's something that really amazed me that as a society, uh, well, I understand there's, uh, there's so many uh, cheating things, I'm gonna put it that way, in, in, that you can find on the, on the web. But it, it, it's really shocked me that I have been through this uh, post that I have made through social media, they have been uh, many people that have contacted me uh, asking for advice, and I, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna start charging because many of them, when I told them that I don't charge anything, they tend to to they don't come back. They don't tell me anything because I believe that as a society we don't trust of free things. I mean, we don't trust that there's actual people that they do things for the only sake of helping and that's something that really shocked me because uh, there has been so many cases and what i did in the last cases is i say uh, don't worry about the money we'll discuss that later and that's the way i start getting people that get really interested on, on having a conversation with me and and i have at a, a least uh, like a 10 person that i have in having meaningful conversation with them regarding some of the issues. I, I, I want to say also, I'm not a, a professional psychologist or neither I'm a certificated coach. What I teach is based on my experience and with what I have in my heart and I want to I wanna share because that's something, as I mentioned at the beginning, we all struggle with the same things. I mean, that as a society, we have, I believe, the same problems or the same challenges instead of same problems uh, around the world. So that's something I, I really like and uh, will encourage all of, all of us to start giving uh, trust to, to persons. There's really persons like you, like me, or like many others outside that really they, they just want to help. There's no uh, hidden agenda uh, besides of that. And we start, of course, take uh, your baby steps regarding that, uh, that, that uh, persons that approach you or your approach to them. And I mean, I have, as I mentioned, I have been uh, spending something, uh, some money in training courses or, or some, um, uh, um, books or, or anything that really adds value to me as a person and, and that's something that you're never going to to lose about that you're going to learn I and mean, there's anyone as i mentioned before anyone in your life has something to teach you and your only work is to find what that person has to teach you that in that sense uh, regarding uh, what else I, I wanted to share is uh, be aware that uh, you're not alone. I mean, burnout, stress, anxiety, it's something that at cer certain point in life, you're gonna be there with. Don't deny it, um, just embrace it. Uh, sit yourself with your depression and, and talk to her 
or to him, whatever face you want to put your depression, anxiety, because it's a part of you, but unless you have some physical illness, it only exists in your mind. And you need to be aware of that. And I'm, I'm not saying this, uh, trying to say it's really easy. It is not. It's a complicated process, but it, it helps to, if it helps to, to the rest of, of the world that I share this is the way I cope with that is when I, I see it and I accept it and I embrace it and I say, okay, I, I want to be depressed. I mean, it's also good to accept that you're depressed and be okay with your depression. I mean, don't stay there for long, but also don't be afraid. It, it's, a, it's a normal uh, situation that happens to everyone else that which are struggling. Unfortunately, we all have our own agenda and sometimes that agenda doesn't match each other and because of the way the society it's managed in the way we believe and the, the way we were raised. I'm, I'm really hopeful of what I have seen throughout the world. Of course, there, there's so many things we, we need to fix, but the, way, the best way of start doing that is start with you and then help with, uh, with that. In some of the uh, training courses that I give, I talk about uh, the situation of, of uh, just imagine which is the nicest car that you want to buy. I mean, put uh, go all while, don't forget about money, which would the nicest car that you, you want to buy. And then just imagine yourself that you bought the car. I mean, you, you work a lot and you get uh, the money to, to buy that car. Just imagine yourself driving that car. I mean, going out from your house, going inside the car, driving the car, going outside, going through your work, or if you want, or going through a vacation that you like in a really nice place. There you are driving, you're looking to the streets, really happy, and going through the, through the highway. And then there's this guy or lady that cuts you the way and you hit the other car. And the first thing normally we do is we say, ah, geez, why did it happen to me? Why were you thinking? And you start blaming. I have seen some cases where the people get out of the car, they start fighting each other and even and not just talking, but really fighting each other and hitting themselves. But normally you see that kind of situations where you start saying, oh, if I just should go on a different path, what I take this path, I should go the other way, uh, I should go later or earlier, and this didn't happen, and you start blaming yourself afterwards. And be aware that when that happens, the only thing that really you can, I mean, that, there's nothing you can do to delete or reverse the fact that you crash your car. There's nothing you can do. So the only thing you can do in that sense is call the insurance and wait for them to arrive. And, and that's something that sometimes we don't get it. I mean, we don't interiorize that thing that when things happen, stop trying to avoid them to happen. There's nothing you can do see them, embrace them, analyze them, and take actions for that to, to, 
to go out from that situation because in my professional and my personal experience it's that we deny so many things and we we think that denying the thing is going to make it make it go away and that that never happened you just make it worse so that that's my my final recommendation I should, that I want to give to to you and and really appreciate uh, you inviting me to this uh, to share my experience and 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 share all my the ideas that I have regarding the personal and professional life guidance. Yeah, well, we got, I mean, this is uh, just uh, for the people who are listening, just an example of Miguel's um, uh, humor. His podcast is full uh, with very nice examples um, and great uh, experiences in the, described in a very, very nice way. It's in Spanish. Uh, maybe you ever going to do something in English, you never know. <laughs> but I recommend it a lot. If you really want to think in another way out of the box about your work, please listen to Miguel's podcast. And um, uh, it's called The Burnout Hero, of course. And um, where can people reach you? If someone really feels like I, ha I have to talk to this guy because he has the key to my problems, where can people reach you? Thank you, Gavin. Yep. Uh, as you mentioned, I have the podcast. Uh, I have a profile in LinkedIn, also in Instagram. And there's uh, the email contact is in my profile. That's the way they can contact me. And of course, I, I will be more than uh, excited to help and, and share the ideas. I mean, I'm not uh, say I'm not put my myself like a guru of, of the burnout. I'm just a, a person like you that uh, is actually want to share ideas of whatever uh, have uh, served to me, and I'm really sure I can learn learn from every, everyone experience. And and that's the first step that we need to take. I mean, talking about our situations, it's really the the first thing that we need, should do you know if we, we want to go out from a situation and uh, talking about what you mentioned about the humor on my podcast and my and my post i believe we need to stop taking ourselves so serious because i mean that's something that also uh it, it doesn't help i mean try to laugh try to laugh of yourself or the situations that happen and once you see it with a little bit of humor i mean everything changes or, or, or as I say it, even a kick in the butt, it moves you forward. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. And especially when it's with a laugh, it's, it's even better. It's even yeah. better. Well, Miguel, I want to thank you very much for your time. Again, somewhere in maybe Mexico. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Thank you a lot and uh, see you soon. Thank you, Gabby. Appreciate it. Have an excellent day and, and also my best wishes for all your audience. I really enjoyed uh, talking with you.